This week on Art of the Air features Joel Redajack, founder of Rockapelli, a music festival that creates music scholarships along with lead singer Joe Braun of Start Making Sense. Next, LaPorte County Little Theater Club's Katie Gartland talking about their July 23rd opening of High School Musical On Stage. Our spotlight is on LaPorte County Symphony with about the July 25th concert at Friendship Gardens. Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. You're in the know with Esther and Mary. Art on the air today. Stay in the know with Mary and Esther. Welcome, you're listening to Art on the Air on WVLP 103.1 FM and Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM, our weekly program covering arts and arts events throughout Northwest Indiana and beyond. I'm Larry Breckner of New Perspectives Photography, right alongside here with Esther Golden of The Nest in Michigan City. Aloha, everyone. We're your hosts for Art on the Air. Art on the Air is supported by an Indiana Arts Commission Arts Project Grant through South Shore Arts and the National Endowment for the Arts. Art on the Air streams live at WVLP.org and is rebroadcast on Monday at 5 p.m., plus is also heard on Lakeshore Public Radio, 89.1 FM, every Sunday at 7 p.m., also streaming live at lakeshorepublicradio.org and is available on Lakeshore Public Radio's website as a podcast. Our spotlight interviews are also heard Wednesdays on Lakeshore Public Radio. Information about Art on the Air is available at our website, breck.com slash AOTA. That's breck, B-R-E-C-H dot com slash AOTA. That includes a complete show archive, spotlight interviews, plus our show is available on multiple podcast platforms, including NPR One. Please like us on Facebook, Art on the Air, WVLP, for information about upcoming shows and interviews. I'd like to welcome back to Art in the Air Spotlight, Tim King, Executive Director for the LaPorte County Symphony Orchestra. He has some exciting things coming up on July 25th. And uh, Tim, tell us a little bit about that, and welcome back to Art in the Air. Well, welcome, thank you all Tim. so much for, for having me back. It's always a pleasure to be here. I love working with you all. It's mutual. <laughs> thank you. Um, last year, we tried a concert at Friendship Gardens, just kind of an experimental thing. And it turned out to be such a success. Of course, you know, that was right in the middle of COVID and everybody was masked, even outdoors, you know, everybody had their masks on and six feet apart. And people were so starved to hear some live music. We actually had quite a few people that came out. Uh, but we love the venue so much that we want to come back. And my hope is eventually that we might be able to actually even do a small summer series out there at Friendship Gardens. But what we're going to be doing um, on Sunday, July the 25th at 7 p.m., um, at Friendship Gardens, which is located at 55 East US and 12 in Michigan City. If you haven't been there, at least in the last three or four years, you have to go see this place. They've completely restored it. It's absolutely one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. One of the things that they've done is they built this pavilion, um, a big, high, nice stoned ceiling uh, with a concrete floor uh, and covered for the musicians with a very, very vast area of lawn that the audience can sit and it's just, it's, a, it's an ideal summer spot to hear a concert. And so we're going to be presenting a concert, um, like I said, on Sunday, July the 25th. And the title of it is called Legendary Show Tunes and More. And so what we're going to do is we're going to be doing pieces from Frozen, from the Pink Panther, from uh, the Greatest Showman, uh, Music Man, and Pirates of the Caribbean. 
are just some of the th things that we're going to be performing for the, for the audience. And in addition, we're going to be presenting our two latest Who's Your Star winners, uh, Elise Flores, the adult, and Julia Larson, um, the youth winner. And if you all will remember, this past September, we were not able to have the full orchestra with Who's Your Star. We only could have a small kind of ensemble band. So these two young ladies have never sung with a full orchestra. They've sung this song with a band before, but they've never sung with a full orchestra. So it's going to be their first time singing with orchestra. I'm so glad they get the chance to do that. Um, so that, that will be in addition to, to the other pieces that I just mentioned. So it'll sort of be their debut um, with the orchestra as well. Excellent. I saw that venue out there then that has been under construction, and Friendship's Garden is a beautiful place to have that. So what yeah, a we have, great... Yeah, we have to say thanks to John Lineweber. Yes. I mean, he's really Absolutely. a treasure. You know, I've, I've had a lot of people that said, oh, yeah, you know, I went to the gardens 10 years ago. It doesn't look so good. I'm like, God, <laughs> if you, no. this is different. They've restored it. It's, it's, it's beautiful. You won't believe how wonderful it is. And it's just, it's such a great place to give an orchestra concert. Um, it has... It has um, the amenities that I'm looking for, it's easy to get into from, from backstage to be able to bring trucks in and be able to unload. It's easy for the audience to get to. There's plenty of space to spread out. If you don't want to be close to anybody, you can spread out by yourself. They have trees. If you want shade, you can have that. They, they also are going to have a food truck and a, and a cash bar, too. So it can't be all bad, right? I mean, we can have a really good time <laughs> and hear the orchestra and enjoy a little food and drink as well. Well, you can truly practice eat, drink, and be Larry at those situations. So. <laughs> A beautiful water sculpture. I mean, the grounds are, are gorgeous. gorgeous. That's right. And and that, that Lake Lucerne, the water sculpture, you're right. It is that's off actually the, for the audience, it's off to the right. So they can see that as well as watching the concert too. And uh, you still have uh you're in the getting gearing up of Who's Your Star. So tell us a little bit about that. Right. Well, we have we've had the auditions for Who's Your okay. Star, which were back in March, but we chose ten finalists uh from six different communities in Indiana. Uh, five youth, 17 and under, five adult, 18 and over. Um, and the, uh, we have one finalist that lives in New Albany, Indiana, which is across the river from Louisville. So that's five yeah. hours away. So this truly is becoming who's your stars. The entire, the entire state's coming in there. So we're going to start rehearsing that we've chosen their songs. We've orchestrated their songs. Um, Alistair Willis is going to come back, uh, who's the music director of the South Bend Symphony, is going to come back and conduct for us. Unfortunately, our new music director, Carolyn Watson, was not available because of a um, already scheduled event for her. So hopefully we'll take care of that in the future. Of course, Alistair knows the deal. He knows how to do everything. So we're thrilled to have him back to conduct with us. So we'll start the rehearsal process with them, actually with kind of a band situation um, on the Saturdays in August. And then we'll transfer that rehearsal situation to the orchestra the first week of September for like the last two or three times, and then have the concert on September the 11th um, at the Civic Auditorium at 7 p.m. We're going to put tickets on sale July 1st um, on our website. So people can, they'll be able to access tickets as, as early as July 1. Excellent. And uh, coming up, uh, Carolyn uh, Watson is going to join you on your first concert. When? She's going to join us on November the 13th. That'll be the opening subscription concert. And we're calling it a Jazzy American Salute. And one of the things that I'm really excited about is we're going to be performing Artie Shaw's clarinet concerto. He's a famous clarinetist, but I didn't realize he actually wrote a clarinet concerto. So we're going to be premiering that one with the orchestra on that concert. Real quick, uh, time date on the Friendship Garden concert. 
Sunday, July 25th, 7 p.m. Get your tickets at friendshipbotanicgardens.org or the orchestra's website at lcso.net. Very good. That's Tim King from the Port County Symphony Orchestra. Thanks again for coming on Art in the Air Thank Spotlight. You. Thank you. It was my pleasure. You're listening to Art on the Air, WVLP 103.1 FM and on Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM. Next, we'd like to welcome to Art in the Air. It's a great concept, a music festival that was founded in 2012 with the help of many friends and family. It started off as just a one-off fundraising event uh, for planting possibilities, but then it grew and grew and grew and has continued to this day called Rockapelli, and its founder is Joel Radichak. Welcome to Art in the Air. Hello, Welcome. thank you very much for having me. And we also have one of the acts that are going to be there talking about it, make, Start Making Sense. It's a Talking Heads tribute act, and uh, lead singer is Joel Brown. Welcome with us also. Hey, how's it going? Nice to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. Well, Joel, we're going to start with you. First of all, let's tell us a little bit about your personal background, like uh, where you grew up, uh, how you got, I always like to say, how you got from where you were to where you are now, and I think some of that involves Munster, doesn't it? Yeah, so I uh, I grew up in Munster, Indiana. Uh, lived there for my entire childhood. Uh, attended grade school at St. Thomas More, uh, and then went to high school at Munster High School. Uh, played in the band there. Played in Battle of the Bands there. Uh, Mr. Breckner, I know uh, you uh, were in charge of all of the tech stuff for that. I was often bothering you. I think I mentioned uh, <laughs> yes. a little while ago about lighting and stuff sometimes so uh yeah the good old battle of the band days they were there we did the we put on quite i think quite a concert uh thing and when i came there the original battle of the bands was pretty tame but two things i insisted on is everyone agree on a drum set so we don't not spending you know uh half hour 45 minutes changing drum sets and then you know how we put the show together but i think we gave you guys quite a light show Oh, it was great. It was great. And, you know, I think uh, personally, my band probably could have worried a little bit less about the lights and a little bit more on practicing. But (laughs) those are things you you learn and you grow from, uh, you know, when you're in high school. But so, yeah, so grew up, went uh, to Munster and then went to Indiana University, graduated from there. Now work for 93XRT and uh, Odyssey in Chicago, doing media sales there Um, and, you know, but back to when I was in high school, or I should say, I'm sorry, college, uh, the year between freshman year and sophomore year, my band and I were looking for places to play all the time. And it's kind of tough when you're in that age group because you're too young to be kind of playing at any bars or anything, but you're also a little older than a lot of the high school kids. So you're not playing at some of those shows. So we decided to make our own uh, concert, Rockapelli, and all the proceeds that we raised from that, we wanted to donate to a local charity. And at that time, our good friends um, were starting an organization called Planting Possibilities in Northwest Indiana, and that provides job opportunities for adults with developmental disabilities. Um, so we decided, since they were brand new, just getting started at the same time we were, what better organization to help out? And it's also a cause that's very near and dear to me. I was involved with Best Buddies throughout high school, um, still very close with the friends that I made through that. So wanted to, again, find a way to give back to to those people. And um, Rockapelli just kind of turned out to be a way that I was able to do that and have been able to do that for now about 10 years. Joel, was there a particular spark, though? Because a lot of people with bands don't make that kind of jump like, oh, well, let's 
let's do this. So was there a particular moment or experience, and maybe it's a lifetime of experiences that wanted you to create this? Yeah, you know, um, I had been involved uh, with philanthropy and uh, giving back for a long time. Really, a lot of that was instilled in me through my mom. Uh, she was involved in a service sorority. Uh, she ran the youth group at our church. Um, so that was just kind of has always been something that I think has, has been a, a bit a part of me and who I am. Um, so doing a benefit concert just made sense. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know if it was necessarily any one moment or kind of uh, a lifetime of moments that led me to, to doing this. But um, I think it's a little bit more the latter. Very good. Well, John, let's move on to your story and a little bit and tell us your origin story, how you got from where you were to where you are now. <laughs> uh, wow, that's a great one. Um, yeah, uh, born in New Jersey. I'm on the East Coast, um, not necessarily in the Midwest, but a uh, uh, family of musicians. My father's a drummer. Uh, my brother is a drummer. He's actually the drummer in Start Making Sense. Uh, so grew up uh, with music everywhere and all around. Uh, the high school I went to was uh, very supportive of the arts, uh, despite it being kind of a poor district. Somehow we managed to have a lot of uh, support for music in the high school. And after that, uh, the, the typical course, playing in bands, traveling, temp jobs, whatever I could do uh, for quite some time, uh, I ended up helping uh, a Frank Zappa tribute band, working for them driving the vehicles and running merch. Uh, and that kind of gave me the um, real experience of uh, traveling with a tribute band, which is, uh, you know, a little different than an original band in some ways, some ways not. Uh, so I did that in my 20s. And then in my early 30s, we kind of like Joel uh, decided to play one night just as a one-off and uh, got a bunch of local musicians together out here in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania played a bunch of Talking head songs at our local uh, bar that has live music seven days a week, the Fun House in Bethlehem, PA, an institution. And uh, about 200 people showed up that night, and we started getting calls for more shows after that. And we're uh, 12 years later, here we are. <laughs> okay, and so uh, you have no connection to Northwest Indiana except for coming here to do the concert. That's correct. So, Joel, uh, how did you hook up with John and make, uh, and also the lineup? And we'll talk more about your lineup uh, in a minute. But how did you, uh, how did you guys come together? So, actually, uh, the way that I found out about Start Making Sense is my sister went to college in uh, Fort Collins, Colorado, and uh, she was getting her PhD at uh, CSU there. And when I was in town visiting one weekend. Start Making Sense was performing at a theater called the Aggie. John, I don't even know if I've mentioned this to you yet, but I mean, that's, no. <laughs> that's where I first saw you guys. And I had such a great time. I'm a huge Talking Heads fan. Um, and, you know, I don't think we'll ever be seeing that lineup uh, together again. So, so getting to see John and Start Making Sense was just so much fun and such a treat that, you know, when this year it came around to trying to decide what bands would be good for our lineup. I know that, I mean, Northwest Indiana, I think is just, it's, it's no, uh, it's no secret that I think a lot of the Hoosiers in Northwest Indiana really like cover bands. And I think we see a lot of the same ones sometimes over and over again. So 
you know, thinking of how we could kind of branch out a little bit, start making sense was really the first one that came to mind for me. Uh, reached out, was able to get in touch. Thankfully, they were available. This was kind of right when fans and, you know, I think uh, promoters have been just, it's, it's a weird year, you know, everyone was kind of waiting to see what would happen this summer. And uh, so I think we were a little bit on the earlier end of things in terms of booking and planning, which I'm happy about because we were able to, to get you guys, uh, you know, secured for the date. But yeah, that was it, you know, just seeing them in Colorado, having such a great time and, and wanting to bring them into Northwest Indiana for everyone else to enjoy. It just made sense. And I think uh, people are going to really have a good time seeing them. So Joel, going back to like, how do the communities reach out to you or do you reach out to the communities where you're playing and what organizations you're supporting with that concert? It's a little bit of both. Um, we often, you know, we've been supporting planting possibilities since day one, again, because that was a, a natural, um, organic, personal kind of relationship that we had with the people starting planting possibilities. So that made sense. Um, other organizations have reached out to us over the years. Murph's Gift of Music, they are a uh, charity in Chicago that provides free music lessons for uh, disadvantaged and low-income youth uh, in Chicagoland. So they found out about Rockapelli, reached out to us. Obviously, that's a, a cause that really makes sense for us to get behind. Um, so that's just another example of, of how we've been connected with uh, other charities and, and we're constantly um, looking for other places and organizations that we can support. Um, but we really do try to keep it, at least for now, um, close to the Midwest and, and really more specifically Northwest Indiana and Chicagoland, because that's where we think we can make the most impact right now. Um, any plans to come to LaPorte County? I know a lot of everything's in uh, Lake County or Porter County. I mean, Lake County mostly, right? Yeah, so we um, we we were supporting uh, a couple organizations out in like Valparaiso for a while. So we haven't uh, been connected with too many organizations in Laporte County at this point in time. We have worked with other uh, organizations out in Porter County and Valparaiso area in terms of supporting them financially. But again, we're always looking for more organizations that we can support financially and if not financially, even just helping them by providing them with a platform for spreading their message and building awareness for their causes. So we always encourage uh, you know, anyone who runs a nonprofit or volunteers with a nonprofit to reach out to us if, if they're looking for help and assistance, again, financially or just in terms of building awareness for their causes, because we like to do everything that we can to help as many people as we can in the area. Who are some of the organizations that you actually do support? So again, Planting Possibilities, Murph's Gift of Music, those are, are two of our um, primary beneficiaries. And then in the last year, uh, we actually started our own music education program that's really been our main focus. Um, it's called Pelly Play. And so what we do is we have been using um, some of the money that we have been raising through Rockapelli and through some of the grants that we've received to um, provide music scholarships for students in Northwest Indiana who are looking to take music lessons but maybe can't afford them. Um, and it's it's been really great so far. We've uh, awarded four scholarships already. Um, 
and you know it, for students who might not have a an instructor or anything you, we help them uh, find instructors as well so that's uh that's kind of been our big focus and is going to be one of our big focuses moving forward as well in terms of um, where the funds are going and what they're supporting from from Rockapelli Music Festival and our other concert events. Does the scholarship also include um, instruments or do you have to have your own instrument? Uh, it's it's on a case by case basis. Okay. So uh, most of the students who we have had so far already have their instruments. If students do not have one, we are able to um, help provide those depending on the circumstances and uh you know, I guess what the instrument is and things like that. You know, before we move off of that, uh, can people uh, donate to your cause directly, not yet necessarily uh, having to go to a concert, but is there a, a mechanism for doing that? Yep. So uh, people are able to donate to us through our Facebook. And then the best place is really through our website, uh, rockapellifest.org. It's R-O-C-K-O-P-E-L-L-I fest.org. And there's a donate uh, button there and Plenty of information on all the charities and causes that we support, all the information about the bands and everything as well from the festival. So rockapellifest.org is a great uh, resource for anyone who's looking for more information on Rockapelli. Okay. John, back to you. Uh, tell us about some of the places that you have toured. You're you're in Pennsylvania right now, as I understand. Uh, That's but, correct. <laughs> so tell us about uh, where you guys do this and are you guys doing it full time or is it uh, you haven't quite got to that point yet? Uh, now we're essentially, yes, we're full time. Uh, we do kind of focus on weekends mostly. So we're kind of like weekend warriors or traveling salesmen. Um, we go out Thursday through Sunday, uh, about 10 months out of the year usually. Uh, funny enough, most of the band actually are also music teachers. So it's great to hear Joel has that aspect, uh, as part of the festival. I wasn't aware of that. I was aware of the, the planting possibilities, uh, component of, of, of the fundraising, but I didn't know about the music aspect. So I'd love to talk to Joel more about that uh, when we're done. Cause that's a, uh, that's amazing. That's also something we were very happy to be a part of. We don't play a lot of festivals uh, in the summer. Usually uh, definitely it's kind of steer clear of a lot of the larger hippie festival, quote unquote. Um, <laughs> so we were really happy to have this uh, opportunity because we do like to do things with nonprofits and do anything we can to kind of support communities uh we've done plenty in our own area but it's nice to be able to branch out and, and do that somewhere else so we're really excited about that aspect um of the rockapelli festival yeah tell us about covid and how that first of all john you can take this how this has impacted you like personally and obviously it's shut down the you know, live performing thing and uh, also your future coming out of it which of course we seem to be doing now yeah, um, as far as the, the future going forward, uh, we are beyond booked. Um, <laughs> we're, we're, we're making up for lost time quite quickly, uh, while still keeping it manageable for all of us. Uh, so that aspect is a positive. Um, the time before that was interesting, to say the least. Uh, we usually do about 100 shows in a year. Uh, I think we did just shy of 10 last year. So that can give you kind of a an idea of where we went. <laughs> will you only be doing Rockapelli or will you be able to book something else while you're in the area? Uh, we are at the Brooklyn Bowl in Nashville the day before uh, Rockapelli. So we're and what about after? 
uh, we'll be driving home because it'll be a Sunday. <laughs> um, it's a very large band, seven to eight people. So uh, just strictly from a logistical and a financial standpoint, weekends are really the only time we can play because weekdays can be a little uh, hit or miss and taking that chance isn't uh, fiscally crudy. So Joel, with it being like the 10th anniversary, right? The 10th anniversary mm-hmm. of Rockapelli, do you perform at them at all? <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, that, that used to be a big part of it. Obviously, that's kind of one of the main reasons why I started it in the first place, like I said. But uh, I, I've stepped back a little bit from playing as much as I used to. I still do. This year, I will be performing just a short set on our secondary stage uh, for 30 minutes with my sister, uh, her boyfriend, and one of my good friends. We've put together a band, and we'll be playing a few covers. Um, so just... Kind of as a, uh, I don't know, I, I guess that's maybe the selfish part in me taking a, a slot at the festival, <laughs> but it just also kind of seemed right with it being the 10 year anniversary and everything. Uh, so yes, we will be this year again, and I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I think it's very sweet. Yeah, it's a, you should be part of that and everything. So tell us about some of the other groups you have. Uh, you have, of course, Start Making Sense, which we're talking to, but tell us some of the others that you have and uh, a little bit about them. Yeah, so we've got a great lineup this year is, uh, you know, it's our first year doing it for two days. So that's been really exciting. It's been fun to kind of be able to book a, book a two day festival rather than just trying to squeeze as much good music as we can into one. So it's been a lot of fun having a little bit more to work with in that sense. And, uh, you know, some of the other bands that we have are mostly primarily local Kinsey report will be headlining on Sunday. Uh, so the Kinsey report, of course, kind of some local heroes, local legends in, in Northern Indiana. Great. Very much. Blues. So. Yeah. Great blues band. So really looking forward to having them. They actually performed for our virtual festival last year. Um, uh, when we unfortunately weren't ha- able to have our festival. So really looking forward to having them come and play in front of a live audience and, and actually at the festival for the first time. So that's going to be great. Um, we've also got the Craw Puppies, who, of course, are very popular, uh, you know, local region guys. So excited to have them. Hessville Star, the Jemiah Rogers Band. Um, those are all going to be on Saturday, uh, as well as Chris Peters, Nick Kazonis. And then um, Sunday, we've got Munion, which is a jam band out of uh, Chicagoland. So they've been really making their rounds kind of on the, the hippie jam band festival circuit that John likes to stay away from a little. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're excited to have them. They're a great four piece. Uh, so they're going to be really exciting, I think, to have Rat Boys, who's an indie rock band from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, also starting to do more and more in the sense of, you know, traveling, touring, uh, being on some bigger festivals. They'll be at Riot Fest right after Rockapelli. So I'm um, looking forward to having them join us as well. Uh, it's it's going to be a really great lineup. I think everyone who comes out is going to be very happy, maybe a little surprised and impressed by some of the, the music that's there. Um, I've always thought of Rockapelli as kind of the other music festival or festival in Northwest Indiana, we kind of go off the beaten path a little bit. Uh, and that's, that's, that's what I've always tried to do, but not also to the point where people show up and they can't enjoy it. It's, it's all really quality music. They're great bands. So 
I think people are going to have a good time if they come out and, and join us on August 14th and 15th. Very memorable name. So what was the origin of, how did you come up with Rockapelli? <laughs> uh, so Cocapelli, I don't know if you're familiar with Cocapelli, is a, a Native American um, symbol and mm-hmm. uh, something that my mom has always really loved. She has like our bathroom decked out in all Cocapelli <laughs> stuff. So this is maybe a little strange, but <laughs> when I was coming up with the idea for the music festival, I was getting into the shower and I saw it and I was like, huh, well, maybe we just take the flute out of his hand because he's usually playing a flute, put a, put a guitar in it and call it Rockapelli. And I threw that idea out and everyone seemed to enjoy it. So uh, it just kind of stuck and we've used it ever since. Yeah, the image is wonderful. It Thank is. You. Uh, you. Joel, any uh, other future projects you're working on besides uh, Rockapelli? Or is that going to now be consuming along with your real job? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's been, uh, it's, it's, it's consumed my time for a very long time now. And, uh, you know, that as well as starting or continuing my career, I guess, is not much room for uh, anything else at the moment. So I think I'll be sticking with just doing this, uh, focusing on growing Pelly Play, our music education program, and, um, you know, maintaining that course for right now, at least. Okay. And John, tell us how uh, people can find information about uh, your band. Uh, yeah, startmakingsenseband.com is our website, and everything there can link you to all the social medias, and uh, you can find everything that we have going on right there. And any recordings? Uh, no, because we're a tribute band. There are a bunch online, but we don't sell any. Right. So. I understand. But yes, there's tons of stuff on YouTube and on archive.org. Lots of music. I highly recommend checking out some of their uh, live performances that they've done on like nugs.net and everything. They're, uh, they're really have some great stuff on there and it's a great way to get a taste of what you'll be able to see on August 14th. Excellent. Well, we're about ready to wrap up. So we want to give you the whole uh, plug here for uh, Rockapelli. So website, uh, location dates, and is there any cost or how do you do that? So just tell us all that. Yeah. So uh, Rockapelli music festival, August 14th and August 15th at central park in Griffith, Indiana. It's all ages. And admission is only a $5 suggested donation. So really, it's a free event. If you can't cover that, we still want you to come out and join us anyways. Uh, but all the proceeds that will be raised there will be going to our charities. Again, you can learn more about those, the lineup and everything else that we weren't able to cover today at RoccoPellyFest.org. And again, that's R-O-C-K-O-P-E-L-L-I-Fest.org. Okay. We'd like to thank uh, Joel Redajack for coming on about Rockapelli Fest. Uh, again, that's uh, Saturday, uh, August 14th, and Sunday, August 15th, uh, Griffith Central Park. And the lead singer for the Talking Heads tribute band, Start Making Sense, John Braun. Uh, we appreciate you coming on on there, sharing uh, uh, all that's going on. Appreciate the uh, non-for-profit work and the donations that you're making. Uh, thanks again for coming on Art on the Air. Yeah, so impressive. Thank you so much. Thank you thank for you having all. us. Thank you. You're listening to Art on the Air, WVLP 103.1 FM, and on Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM. And we'd like to welcome to Art on the Air from the Laporte 
Little Theater Club, and they've got a production coming up uh, very, very soon. They open on July 23rd. It's the director and I think vice president of the organization, Katie Gartland. Welcome to Art on the Air. Thank you for having us all the way from LaPorte. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Well, we'd like you to tell a little bit, first of all, about, uh, we'll get into your personal history later, but up front here, tell us a little bit about the history of this theater group, how long they've been around, when, just kind of do all that, and then we'll talk about your involvement, and then we'll have one of the cast members come in there and chat for just a minute. No, that sounds great. So LaPorte Little Theater is an all-volunteer organization right in the heart of LaPorte. It's right on A Street. And it's been um, located in the old St. John's Church. The building was donated to the theater back in 1953, and we've been rolling ever since there. However, the theater club has been together, oh, um, golly, I can't remember how many years 95 years. So it's been rolling um, with consistent uh, theatrical productions each year, except for in 2020. So it's one of the longest running uh, community theaters in the nation, believe it or not, is LaPorte Little Theater. And that just means with consecutive seasons without a break in the show cycle. Um you know, we have a, a board of directors that kind of keeps the theater afloat and um, keeps the upkeep of this old church building, which takes a lot, you know, when you're talking about maintaining a roof and um, just the everyday maintenance. And um, and this year, one exciting thing with our break, we've been able to install air conditioning for the very first time. Excellent. So COVID, in a way, did have a positive for us because we had volunteers and the time and um, and the resources to put in air conditioning, which does allow for us to add this summer show. Very good. And the show you're doing right now is? It's High School Musical on Stage. This is a show that uh, two years ago, I went over to Evergreen Park Community Theater there. There's a girl that's been doing shows in our area, and she said, hey, I'm in High School Musical. So my family loaded up and we went and watched the show and had a really fun evening. Uh, we're pretty surprised with how much fun we, we had watching it and said, I think our theater would be perfect to do that show. And it's a great show with upbeat music and a lot of energy to restart our season. Very good. Well, you know, we know we have a cast member, but she's on a time constraint. So let's put her on and uh, ask her a little bit about her participation in the show and uh, tell us about what's going on there. So uh, this is Nora Gartland, and wow, it must be a relative, and she's playing Gabriella. <laughs> so please tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, Nora, your background a little bit, and, uh, and a little bit about your role. Yeah, so I play Gabriella in High School Musical that we're doing at the Little Theater. Um, I've been doing theater since I was probably six years old. I'm currently 16. So... Um, yeah, I've just been doing theater as long as I can remember. I've grown up there. Um, um, in my free time, I am a cheerleader at LaPorte High School. So that's my time constraint today. <laughs> <laughs> what roles yeah. have you done? I One of my most recent was James in James and the Giant Peach. And I was also in Anne of Green Gables. As Ruby, excellent. And uh, are so with you the, so um, with the theater group? Do you also work on the sets and the costuming, or are you pretty? Yeah, I like to paint the sets, and really wherever they need me, I'm willing to work. So it's fun just That's to great. be down there. I like the community. 
So what's in your future? Are you thinking of going into theater or performing arts of any kind? Or what else is in your mind? Um, right now, I'm wanting to get a business and a financial degree of some sort. I'm hoping to go to Indiana University. Um, I'm a junior in high school right now, so it's a little ways away. But yeah, um, I do want to do theater on the side. I don't totally want to drop theater, maybe minor in it. I'm not sure yet. Okay. And well, you can always do theater and community theater like you are now. And, uh, you know, as I worked with my students for many, many years, I told them that. I says, you know, if you don't want to make a career of it, you can always make kind of an avocation of it. So uh, anyway, well, we'll go back to uh, Director Katie anything's for just possible. a minute. Yeah, anything's possible. But thank you for sharing, uh, thank you. Nora, your story there. So Katie, uh, let's get back to you and tell, tell us a little bit about your personal story also. Um, I always like to say how you got from where you were to where you are now. I know one thing that has nothing to do with theater that you do as your profession, and that'd be interesting to our audience. Uh, yes, actually, um, I'm currently a, a cardiac nurse at Franciscan Health, and so, <laughs> yeah, as you as you hold your chest, I see. But um, I I just work part time, which makes me um, have time to be a, a I try to be a good mom and a good volunteer in our community. But um, that's been wonderful. But I've been in Laporte Little Theater since I've been age twelve. But then when I went away to college, kind of went away from theater, and then when my kids were old enough. To join me on stage, we started doing shows again. And one of our first shows, um, I remember my daughter, Natalie, was three or four, and she played Cindy Lou Who in Seussical. <laughs> and I was the mayor's wife, and it was pretty exciting. So, um, but growing up, you know, my I remember working the spotlight when I was 12 years old. Um, I'm one of four kids in our family. My mom was always very active in the theater doing costumes, and my dad would make the sets. So it was it was nothing to like walk into our house and all of a sudden our living room furniture was gone because it was on stage or um, we, we couldn't find something in our house because it was being used as a prop. And I just kind of grew up that way. And it was just always fun and funky and you just never know what's going to happen next. But it's also offered great opportunity to, to get to know different timelines, um, historical times and uh, the costuming and all of that through that. So when I went was uh, at IU Bloomington working on my master's, I did get involved with their community theater down there and helped um, direct. Um, oh my gosh, with the baker and Jack the, the Beanstalk, and you know what into I'm the talking. woods. Into the woods. I don't know why I could not think of that, but I did help direct that when I was down there and um, started choreographing more when I came back home. But you know, when you're married with young kids, it's hard to get back into the theater. But then when they can join you, you kind of get re-energized once again. I know. We, we put our, our daughter on stage at uh, five months. She was the baby in Fiddler on the Roof. So, <laughs> See, you got me beat. Okay. Yeah. We put her in several productions and everything like that. Well, we have another cast member here we'd like to introduce. And uh, uh, you can tell us he is playing. Uh, uh, he's a new, just a recent graduate from uh, Prairie High School and everything. And is going to, and he plays Troy Bolton. So Wrigley uh, Hemphill, welcome to Art in the Air. And tell us a little bit about your background and uh, everything. Uh, hi, my name is Wrigley Hempel. Uh, like you said, I just graduated from New Perry High School. Um, I plan on going to Catawba College in North Carolina, Salisbury. It's um, about 30 minutes from downtown Charlotte. And I will be studying musical theater as my major. I don't have a minor right now, but I do plan maybe to switch it up and go into dance or um, business. So that'll be fun. Um, theater. I have been in theater, um, since I was 13 years old. 
Um, the one thing that sparked me was when my friends first heard me sing, <laughs> which I was about um, in sixth grade. I had a big solo during um, my concert. So all my friends said, wow, you're really good at singing. So I tried out for my first show. I didn't get a uh, big part. I was the peanut seller. Um, I started the show, <laughs> but that was when I realized I wanted to become an actor. Very good. Um, and one quick advice about musical theater is become a triple threat. Learn to sing, dance, and act. Because in this day and age, uh, you at least have to do two really strong and be able to fake the third. So, uh, yeah. so uh, what, tell us some of the roles you had. Um, my most recent role was uh, Schroeder in the You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown musical at my theater. Uh, sorry, not my theater, my school. Um, that was the last show I did. Um, another one would be Charlie Sloan in Anna Green Gables, like my other castmate Nora said. That was a really good show. I think we both liked that. That was probably our favorites. And another one, I didn't have a big part, but I was a background character in A Little Child of Horrors. And that was probably one of my other favorite shows that I was in. Do you also enjoy all the backstage stuff? Do you like to construct the sets and, and do the scenery? I'm not really, um, I don't really do a lot of that. I don't, um, I volunteer when I can. It's a lot of fun to do. Um, I'd say that's probably um, a really good thing for me to do. Uh, I plan on doing that also in um, college. One of my, I have a few classes. I'll be doing stagecraft and um, visuals and lighting. So I'm really excited for that. That's I want to. I want to just say, um, Wrigley is a very busy man. He has been active um, in high school as one of the top swimmers and also one of the top tennis players. So he does not have a lot of time on the side to come down to the theater for that. But I know that you know he and his family have been very involved in a lot of the shows. And you know, Wrigley, you said you were Schroeder and Charlie Brown, but you were also Charlie Brown on Laporte Little Theater yep. stage. Um, for the Christmas show, Charlie Brown, um, your what was that one called? Charlie Brown's Christmas or something? Yeah. So he's he's been very active at Laporte Little Theater, and we're always happy to have him on our stage. Well, Wrigley, something I tell all tennis players is to love your opponent. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely do. I actually during tennis, I have made a lot of um, friends, um, and I sometimes meet up with them. We uh, go out, have fun, and we still play tennis. When we, when we can, of course. Of course, yeah. the best thing to do, and I play tennis, but not really well. And I, I did letter in high school, but not really great, is to find someone that's about your equal. Because you find someone that's really a heavier or better hitter than you or lower than you, it's not much of a challenge. You need someone to be right at your level to do that. So, so Wrigley, is there a swim team at the college you're going to? Yes, I will be, um, I will be um, swimming backstroke and fly for the team. On um, my um, orientation day, we had orientation about a week ago, and I went down there and I met amazing swimmers. I've, I already connected with a lot of them. My coaches, they were really nice, and I feel like I'm going to have a really oh, awesome years, So That's so exciting. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Oh, well, Katie, back to you. Tell us a little bit about uh, – um, the where you are in the production, you know, we're going to be airing this show uh, a week from now, but uh, you're going to be opening on the 23rd. So you're probably uh, fairly, you know, you're probably coming up to what we call production week, the week before you open. So tell us a little about some some of the things we can expect to see in High School Musical. 
Right. So at this point, we have nearly um, all of the uh, the blocking done. Tonight is actually our last night of blocking, the very end of Act Two. And I said last night to the cast, I don't even know what's going to happen, right? Because <laughs> it's always it's always exciting, and it's and I do take input from the the cast members if they say, you know, it is going to be easier if I come in this door instead, or have you thought about me doing this? And I'm I'm usually pretty flexible with that. Um, I think Wrigley can tell you that, you know, or like last night, I remember trying to push him out there. And he's like, not yet. No. Oh, no. Now I'm late. You know, one of those things. But, um, you know, we're we're nearly all blocked. We have uh, two weeks before our tech week and we're very excited to have um, it's, it's choreography heavy show and huge group numbers. And so being in the chorus of this show has had a lot more to do than even our main characters. Wouldn't you agree, Wrigley? I would definitely agree with that. Um, <laughs> I would say half the time, or most of the time, we're doing more blocking, and the uh, me, Nora, and a few other main members were usually just sitting um, in the theater or outside practicing our lines. So, And for right. our non-theater audience, blocking is how you position the actors and performers on stage uh, because it, it used to be like little blocks on a... Uh, a Diagram, and that's what they how where the term blocking came from. So, some people may not even know what blocking means, right? And you know, the other thing, um, we are I'm, I'm really excited about the lighting that's been going into this over the fourth of July weekend. My husband and I were down there designing the lights, and so we've got almost all the light cues for the first and almost half of the act two done. So, pretty soon, we're going to be running these acts like a well oiled machine. You're listening to Art on the Air, WVLP 103.1 FM, and on Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM. We had a curveball a couple weeks ago. Um, we were going to be having a live band, but things changed. So now we're going to use tracks. And so it's been an adjustment for our cast to sort of think, okay, this is really how it is going to sound rather than, oh, maybe we can pause there. Well, now... Now we're not going to be pausing there because the when you use tracks, there you know there's there's goods and bads about tracks, um, but I really think that it's a benefit because the the cast can anticipate exactly where they should be and the timing gets better and better with um, with the muscle memory and being in the right spots. So so far so good. We're really looking forward to it. Um, I've had a lot of help with the choreography. We. Um, divvied up songs and so one person wasn't just totally doing all of it so the show doesn't look exactly the same all the way through there's some different styles and um we've been the, the cast has been helpful um the girl that plays sharpay her name is keegan dar and jordan DeShield. they've been helpful with some of the choreography and some of the girls in the cast too but um, I also have a music major named Grace Tarno that came back and helped choreograph some of the numbers. And the, the cast really liked seeing, you know, a college student come in and have fresh eyes on what was going on. And Wrigley, did you enjoy that, too? That was a lot of fun. It was nice to see Grace again. It was mm -hmm. great. That's right. So how many do you have in the cast? We have 32 in the cast. Uh, we do have two adults. Miss Darbus is played by Andrea Birch. And Coach Bolton is played by Rick Henderson, is uh, Coach Bolton. And Rick was just recently on stage in, um, in the um, Merry Christmas George Bailey radio show. And he had so much fun and he was eager to get back on stage. And so was Andrea. They were both in that same show. So it was nice that they're able to reconnect again and have some of the banter back and forth. 
So, uh, yeah, what is uh, you got down the road in the future for uh, this season? I mean, are you going to do uh, – well, first of all, how many shows do you usually do in a, a normal season, COVID not being normal? And then what's coming up this season? Right. So, uh, typically, we have a four-show season. And um, post-COVID, we're now going to a calendar year where we used to have a fiscal year where we divide it and say it's a 2021 season. And, and my goodness, marketing, it's just so cumbersome to have all those – you know, like 2018 to 2019 season. So now we are going to go 2021 is going to be high school musical. Then we're going to move into guys and dolls in October. And then we do have a Christmas show. And right now I believe the title is going to be miracle on third and a street, which is the corner (laughs) of our, our our theater. And it's going to be uh, directed by Susie Richter. And she's going to do some, um, some Christmas, it's like a Christmas review show, and it's going to be a lot of fun. People seem to really like those review shows because they're not uh, rehearsal heavy, and you can cameo people, so it's kind of fun. And then we're going to finish the season with Letters to Sala, directed by Tony Thomas, and that'll be um, at the end of the year. So where do you perform at? Uh, you said the St. John's Church, but tell us a little bit about the venue and uh, how, you, how you do that seating capacity and everything like uh, about that. It's actually not the St. John's Church anymore. It was donated by the St. John's Church when they moved to a different building. So it is the LaPorte Little Theater's building right there at 218A Street in LaPorte. Um, the, the theater seats 204 people. All of our tickets are now online. Um, this year, we're not doing a, a season pass or a five-show pass or a four-show pass. We're just doing all individual tickets. And... Um, like I said, is volunteer run. So going to those online ticketing has really freed up some time for the people that would typically get the tickets printed and distributed and, you know, counted up and everything. So it's been very nice going to online ticketing for our theater. And uh, what show times? Uh, what were your traditional show times? So our Friday and Saturday nights start at 730 and we do have a Sunday matinee at two o'clock. And you're doing and- how many performances? We're doing six performances of High School Musical. They start July 23rd, 24th, and 25th. And then the following weekend, the 30th, 31st, and August 1st. And so far, our matinees are down to maybe 20 or 30 seats left. So those are almost sold out. We're about uh, 60 to 70% sold out right now. So if people are interested in seeing High School Musical, I would say, Get online, <laughs> get, get ready for a fun night. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. One thing that's um, exciting about this show, too, is the Portage High School is going to have a drum line for our show. And so it's going to they're going to start out in the street and then lead into the show. So we're very excited about uh, the collaboration with um, Kyle Litke, uh, one of our drummers, has coordinated this with the Portage drum line, Portage High School drum line. So, Katie, with um, is there open auditions generally? How do you announce those for, for productions? Yes, we do have open auditions, um, and I think that's really big thing, um, especially keeping it open like it is, because um, sometimes you know you think, oh, we'll do this show because we've got the perfect Conrad Birdie, and then all of a sudden you you got nothing, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, you know, or you know, you kind of get. Um, get a stopper for some reason or in your head you think oh wouldn't so-and-so be perfect for that part and you realize they move away so you cannot have preconceived ideas about who you can cast and I've 
found truly, I, I'm just blown away by the talent that comes in when you just open it up and you open your mind to, to seeing how things could look differently on your stage. So we do our, um, our, our auditions are announced through Facebook and our website, which is LaporteLittleTheaterClub.com. And our auditions um, are typically about two months before the show, I believe. Um, and then that way it gives us about six weeks to build the show. Um, in this one, we had close to 50 people come and audition for the show. And I'm usually like, oh, I'll have everybody up there. This is going to be so much fun. But really, <laughs> you, you, you just can't. You know, the stage is only so big and the chaos can only, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know, Wrigley, we can't take that much, right? <laughs> we have can't. <laughs> how, right. how, how big is your uh, stage and what kind of facility do you have like a fly loft or in uh, presidium you know what we don't have a fly loft our stage is about um i think it's uh, i don't want to say standard stage size but i think it's 40 feet wide and probably that much you know equally deep um and we use our we have like these pulpit out, you know, like jut outs at the top. Sometimes we use those on the side of the proscenium and then we use entries and exits um, on the side doors, too, of the theater. Um, it's pretty cool. We have a, a sound booth up there and um, we've got the ability now to have wireless microphones, which is something I never had as a kid. We always had to project. We always had to like <laughs> speak very loud and clear. And now. I'm finding that I'm having to struggle to hear some of the kids say their lines and thinking, man, they're going to be so spoiled, you know, but at the same time, it's really good to have to learn how to project like that. Yeah. That, that, having done theater for 40 some years, I still wanted my actors to project uh, and emote with wireless mics, you know, because that's the nature and the style of theater. People will kind of expect to hear it that way and uh, everything. So, yeah, you can get a little more emotive, but uh, yeah, they need to learn to actually do that. And if you have a, a wireless mic failure, which happens all the time, no matter Ben, you need to be able to cover that. So, and as we know, covering in theater is very important. Right, right. And this show being a musical too, you know, we do have um, a music director. Her name is Erin Eimer. She's done some uh, stuff at other theaters locally, um, Memorial Opera House and over in Chesterton and Valparaiso area. So we're happy that Erin has uh, volunteered her time to help get everybody um, up and ready for this show. Because being a musical, you want to hear all the parts. So That's true. I have a quick question for Wrigley. So do you foresee after, like while you're in college, coming back for holidays and will he have an opportunity to possibly do a holiday show? I mean, is there any of that crossover? Um, for college, um, my um, schedule for swimming and theater, mainly for swimming, I don't have a lot of time. Yeah. I, I plan on coming back though as much as I can, trying to um, give support to my four uh, friends and act fellow actors. So. I will well, try my best. <laughs> well, we'd like to thank you for both being on. Uh, really quick, uh, Katie, give us the show dates and location and everything one more time. Sure. LaPorte Little Theater in LaPorte, Indiana. The tickets can be for, or for High School Musical are on LaPorteLittleTheaterClub.com. And the show dates are July 23rd, 24th, 25th, July 30th, 31st, and August first and we are very thankful uh larry for you too esther for your time well thank you for coming on uh art in the air that's katie gartland she's directing high school musical at the port little theater club and uh, we heard 
earlier, Nora Gartland. Then we had Wrigley Hemphill, who's doing Troy. So thank you so much for being on our show and uh, break a leg. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Art in the Air, and we'd like to thank our guests this week on WVLP 103.1 FM and Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM, our weekly program covering arts and arts events throughout Northwest Indiana and beyond. Art in the Air is heard every Friday at 11 a.m. and rebroadcast Monday at 5 p.m. on WVLP. Art in the Air streams live at WVLP.org and is rebroadcast on Monday at 5 p.m. Plus is also heard on Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM every Sunday at 7 p.m. Also streaming live at LakeshorePublicRadio.org and is available on Lakeshore Public Radio's website as a podcast. Our spotlight interviews are also heard Wednesdays on Lakeshore Public Radio. Thanks again to Greg Kovach, WVLP Station Manager, and Tom Maloney, Vice President of Radio Operations for Lakeshore Public Radio. Our theme music is by Billy Foster with a vocal by Renee Foster. Art of the Air is supported by an Indiana Arts Commission Arts Project Grant and the National Endowment for the Arts. Underwriters for Art of the Air, Walt Breidinger of Paragon Investments, and Mary LeVan, Arts Patron. Art of the Air is always looking for financial support. We'd like to thank our current supporters. If you're looking to support Art of the Air... Esther and I especially would invite you to become an underwriter of this program in particular. We have information on our website at breck.com slash AOTA. You can find out support information there. So don't just be an Art on the Air listener. Become a supporter or underwriter in whatever amount you're able to do so so we continue to bring you this great content and this great local programming. And like I say every week, don't give till it hurts. Give till it feels good. And you'll feel so good about supporting Art on the Air. Information about Art on the Air is available at our website, breck.com slash AOTA. That's breck, B-R-E-C-H dot com slash AOTA. That includes a complete show archive, spotlight interviews, plus our show is available on multiple podcast platforms, including NPR One. Please like us on Facebook, Art on the Air, WVLP, for information about upcoming shows and interviews. If you're interested in being a guest or send us information about your arts, arts-related event, or exhibit, please email us at aota at breck.com. That's aota at breck, B-R-E-C-H, dot com, or contact us through our Facebook page. Your hosts were Larry Breckner and Esther Golden, and we invite you back next week for another episode of Art on the Air. Aloha, everyone. Have a splendid week. Express yourself you are. And show the world your heart. Express yourself through art. And show the world your heart. You're in the know with Esther and Larry. Art on the air today. Stay in the know with Larry and Esther. Art on the air our way. Express yourself through art. And show the world your heart, express yourself through art. And show the world your heart, express yourself through art. And show the world.